This Christmas, uh, don't be surprised if you find yourself worshiping Jesus where you did not expect to find him. Because Jesus tends to show up where and when we least expect him. And this is the story of the manger. This is the story of Jesus coming to a stable in some place, somewhere, in a very unassuming way, in order to tell a story. And if you're here and you're part of the regular church family, we've been talking in the past few weeks about Joseph and Mary, and about how many parts of the story God was communicating to us through the situation and through the different elements of the story. And there's much more going on than we oftentimes think to to, to process or to see. And so tonight, it's no different that God has made a statement by sending his son into the world by way of a manger. Because apparently, his ways are not our ways. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And you know, we see Jesus breaking expectations all throughout the scripture. From the very beginning, people expected the birth of a king. There was a prophecy that people expected the birth of the king, but they certainly did not expect him to be born without dignity in a stable outside the city of David. And although they expected him to be honored, the prophecy said they would be honored, they didn't expect who would honor them. They thought maybe it would be the religious leaders who knew these prophecies by heart, but completely missed him when he came. The people that came to honor him were shepherds and, and the magi, because they were the ones that were able to see Jesus before anyone else. In fact, in Jesus' childhood, when he went missing for three days as a child, his parents couldn't find him because they did not expect to find him discussing theology in the temple with the rabbis. That's the last place that they would think to look for a teenager who was a carpenter. Jesus tends to show up where and when we least expect him, and he is Emmanuel, God with us, God with us in the unexpected, God with us in the times that we never thought he would be and the places we never thought we could find him. As it even goes on, no one expected Jesus to suddenly appear as a traveling rabbi with a school of disciples comprised of smelly fishermen and tax collectors and zealots. No one expected the Samaritan woman to be the very first person that he declared himself to as the Christ. The Samaritan woman never expected him to just show up, the savior of the world, at her well midday and begin to have a conversation with, him, with her. The hopeless paralytic never expected him to come to the pool and heal him in John 5. And in John 9, the man born blind never expected to see again. And yet Jesus just continued to come and continue to break all of the expectations that people would have for them. No one expected the Messiah, the son of David, to be convicted of blasphemy by the council and executed without dignity by Romans on a cross. And no one expected him to actually rise from the dead three days later. But all of these things had been prophesied, and Jesus was long expected. But the when and the how and the where and the why, they all came very unexpected. As I thought about this, I think we tend to fill our Christmases with all sorts of expectations. We expect the rolls not to burn this year. We expect the pie not to count toward our calories. We expect the perfect, most thoughtful, most, most generous, just doted over, significant gift, even when we say it's not what we want. Sorry, men, we're setting you up to fail. If we say we don't want anything, 
We do. We always want something very thoughtful that you thought about for a long time. Don't believe us. We expect our kids to behave and, and for chocolate not to stain the Christmas dress we shopped for for hours. We expect our toddlers and our kids not to fight just one day, just one day. Just don't fight. We expect, even me as, a, as an adult, I expect this kind of magic feeling when I go to bed on Christmas Eve. And we expect everyone to be really nice to us driving down Peach Street, which won't ever happen. But we have expectations. We have expectations of Christmas, spoken or unspoken. Maybe you even came here today for Christmas service and you had expectations of what you thought tonight would look like and maybe we're meeting them and maybe we're not. But the biblical pattern that teaches us that Jesus is not particularly concerned with our expectations. In fact, Jesus may ignore them altogether because he is mainly concerned with our most desperate needs. He came in a manger to communicate to us the power and the simplicity of all that he is. There is nothing more unassuming than a baby swaddled in clothes in a manger in a town that no one has ever heard of. And we typically do not choose our most desperate places to encounter Jesus. We, we typically don't choose our fears and our sins and the parts of our life that we're not very proud of to ask Jesus to come into, to ask to encounter Jesus within, but, but that's what he does. That's what he does. He knows that there are places that we, that the places we most need him is the place where we can most experience the thrill of hope. And Jesus, in these places of our own sinful stumbling, of our own persistent weaknesses, of our own perplexing questions and our parenting quandaries, in those moments are the places that Jesus comes and, and we can worship him the most. He is in all the unexpected places, the places we think we would never find him. And so this Christmas, I, I want to remind us today that to worship in the unexpected stables, Tomorrow and over the course of this next week, worship in the places that don't feel very worshipful. Worship at the Christmas moments that just don't maybe meet your expectations. Worship in those places. I want to invite my friend Lorena up here. Would you give her a round of applause? It's intimidating to come up on the stage, but she did great. Now, Lorena knows what it's like for God to show up in unexpected places, and we're new friends. We just got to know each other, reacquainted, really, this last week, and as she just shared with me her story, um, it just hit me so much that God was with her, Emmanuel, God with us, through all of this journey, and I wanted her to share it with you. So, Lorena, just tell us a little bit about um, your journey just growing up, uh, real quickly, kind of catch us up. Um. Growing up, like I said earlier, I grew up in a Christian home, very loving family, um, came to Christ at a very young age, was about seven, and was a member of this church for about 17 years. Um, you know, went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, went to Sunday school, um, even attended this school for a while. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have anything bad to say about my childhood, and it wasn't until I was about 18, 19 that I actually started to stray away from God. And tell us kind of what, what started that spiral and sort of where did you end up at the very bottom? But hold this up because you have a good story. Okay, sure. Uh, we hear me now? Yes, good. it's okay. good. <laughs> um, my dad got remarried. My, my parents divorced when I was very young. But like I said, I still came from a very loving home, very loving family. Um, I really have nothing bad to say. My father remarried when I was 18 um, to a woman who wanted nothing to do with the family that he had prior to her. Um, 
it was a very tumultuous situation and she would do absolutely anything that she could to keep us away from him, to keep us out of his life. And that um, ended sending me into a very deep, dark depression. So, yeah. And so that happened and then um, kind of that made you maybe react or act to things in ways you wouldn't Oh, yeah, absolutely. Before. And um, then where did that sort of end you recently? Yeah, it, it made me miserable. Um, and I was living in so much unforgiveness. I really had uh, a lot of bitterness in my heart because I had been so hurt mm-hmm. by my family and, and by her, this woman. And um, I started to hurt others in the process of it. Um, you know, as the years went by, my relationship with my dad, it ended up... You know, we tried to remain close, but it ended up just growing apart so much. But he still remained like the rock in my life. He was everything to me. Um, you know, about a year ago, um, he got really sick. And I was not living here at the time. Because, mm-hmm. of course, after all that happened, I just ran. I ran from God. I ran from the situation. I ran mm-hmm. from this place. I wanted nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I came back here to be with him when he got sick, and um, I was not able to. Mm-hmm. I was not able to be with him. That woman didn't want anyone in the family around him. Um, it was a very um, challenging process for me to not be there for my father when um, he was dying and suffering and hurting in so many ways. So that... Um, the situation ended up becoming so bad, actually, that we had to go to court over it for about a year. I fought um, legal rights to see my father, and I was unable to. And it actually ended up sending me to prison in the process. So that was my lowest low. Yeah. So, uh, so while you were in jail, mm-hmm. um, kind of, you know, pretty hopeless with nothing left, where did God sort of meet you in that unexpected place? Mm. Describe that. I cried out to God when I got to jail, and I thanked him because I'm really fortunate that he put me in a position where I had nowhere else to turn and that he could grab my attention so clearly. My father passed away the last couple months that I was in prison while I was there, Um, actually September 23rd, so it was very recent. And um, that's when God really grabbed a hold of my heart, and he started moving in my life. He really answered my prayer because my dad was suffering for such a long time. And my only prayer through this entire thing was that he would be delivered. So when he went to go be with the Lord, I knew that's where he was going. Mm -hmm. And I was no longer suffering because he was no longer suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, But God really spoke to me and he goes, you know, I cannot move in your life if you do not forgive. Mm -hmm. I can't. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. You need to forgive these people who have hurt you. Mm-hmm. And in return, I'm going to allow these people that you have hurt to forgive you. And most importantly, you need to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. So um, that was really the turning point. That's when God set me free um, and released me because I was truly bound to chains mm-hmm. in my life. Um, being in prison was just metaphorical. I had real chains. Mm-hmm. And God broke those, and he set me free. So good. <laughs> so then you got out of jail on a Monday. Mm-hmm. And then tell me about the rest of the week. Um, I got on jail on Monday, and I decided that I was going to start going to church faithfully again because mm-hmm. um, I was on this new path, and I'm following God now. So uh, my best friend 
while I, she started going to church prior to me going to prison, but I wanted nothing to do with church at the time. So when I got out of prison, I just asked her, you know, where are you going on Sundays? Because wherever you're going, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to be. And she goes, well, you know, I'm going to this church. It's, um, I don't know if you've probably never heard of it. It's over on like Oliver Road. It's a real big <laughs> church. So immediately, yeah, I'm like, you're, this is crazy. This yeah. is just too, you know, <laughs> um, that's God. I'm like, yep, we're going. We're going to the church. Um, I grew up there. I went there like almost my entire life. So I followed her to this church. And that Sunday, you had been giving a message about being in the wilderness and coming out of the wilderness where I just came from. Mm -hmm. And God just spoke to me. And he's like, this is your next move in obedience to me. I just brought you back. What better way to testify that you came back to me Mm -hmm. than to be baptized again? Mm -hmm. So... I did. I got baptized that Sunday. Yeah. And um, thank you. You know, as my declaration to God, um, that I will never forget what he has done in my life and how he moved. Um, and he met me in a place where I thought all hope was gone, mm-hmm. truly. I didn't think I was coming back. My family didn't think I was coming back. My friends didn't think I was coming back. Mm-hmm. And I most certainly didn't think I was coming back. Yeah. I thought I was definitely gone for good. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, mm-hmm. um, even something like prison, as dark of a place as it is, when you say God shows up in the unexpected places, it is just so true because um, he met me there. Mm-hmm. He met me in prison in my, in my darkest moments, and he brought me out of that place. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can do that with me, he can do that with anybody. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Thank you. Let's yeah. give God praise for what he's doing in Lorena's life. Thank you. You can take the mic with you. Are you about to say something else? Yeah. Go ahead. I just, I wanted to say, I feel like God's telling me um, to say this to you. Church, mm-hmm. the plan God has for your life is so much greater mm-hmm. than the one you have for yourself. Let him show you that. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes, whatever you have to go through, whatever pain, whatever suffering, it's going to be so worth it. Just trust him. Let him take you there. Let him guide you out of this. I promise you, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. God does not want perfect. He just wants you. That's it. That's good. Thank you. Thought. Thank you. So Jesus met uh, Lorena in her desperate time in a desperate way. And it wasn't the way that she expected him to come. It wasn't the place that she expected to be at that point in her life. But it wasn't maybe for the reasons that we expect Jesus to come. But he does not come to meet our expectations, but to love us in ways that we most desperately need him. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus is he sees what we need and he can meet those things. And so for Christ, Christmas is not about tradition, but it's about salvation. It's not about expectations, but it's about sanctification. And Christmas is about love, that, that kind of earthy, gritty, sacrificial love. And when Jesus came, he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This was a love that no one expected, a love that exceeds all of our expectations. And this is the way he comes to you this Christmas, to love you in ways you most need, 
And that may in fact be why some of your expectations are not met because they aren't really what you need. But God knows what those things are. And so look for him in the unexpected places. Look for him this Christmas in those ways. And he will meet you in that place. And I believe that like Lorena, the place that we are most likely to really adore him is the place that we find the darkest, hardest, most unexpected place in our life. So what we're going to do to end service today is we're going to celebrate um, Christ's birth with communion tonight. Um, if it's your first time here, if you are a believer in Jesus, we invite you to participate with us. Um, just follow the others. You can't mess it up. Just get in line. You'll, you'll figure it out. Um, but when you get here, there will be some bread which symbolizes Christ's body broken for us. And as you dip it in the grape juice, it symbolizes Christ's blood shed for us. And take, you could take and eat the communion right up here, uh, right down here at the altar as just a, a symbol of remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. And then you can make your way back to your seat. If you, if you need a gluten-free option, it's right here in the middle. The person standing here in the middle will have that. So let me pray as the ushers get in their position. Jesus, I thank you so much that you meet us in the most unexpected places. God, I thank you that your plan and purpose for all of this to send your baby in a simple manger, to send the Son of God in a manger so that we could have no obstacles between us and you. And God, this Christmas, I pray that we would understand even deeper, even clearer, the message that you have for us. And it is simple and it is powerful, but it is that Jesus has come for each of us. And if we believe in him and confess our sins and, and turn our hearts to you, that we can have eternal salvation, and we can have life abundantly here on earth. And so I pray for each family here today that if they in any way have found themselves emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally in a prison like Lorena did, God, that they could hear you and see you and come to, a, to an experience where you are with them, God, that Emmanuel, God, with us. And so, Lord, as we celebrate and we remember with communion tonight, we ask for your presence here with us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
shepherds left their flocks by night to see this baby wrapped in light. Host of angels led them all right to you. It was just as the angel said, you'll find a
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each in his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region where there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior. A Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to the God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. Glorifying and praising God. Glorifying and praising God. For all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. God is Emmanuel. God with us. Oh, Come, let us adore him. He has come in the form of a baby in a manger with flesh and skin on Christmas with a plan to rescue us. Oh, come, let us adore him. He's not just God with us, God who rescues us, but he's also God of the impossible. The God who can move mountains, change situations, create something out of nothing. Oh, come, let us adore him. In Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. Numbers, the fire by night. Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice. In Joshua, he is salvation's choice. Judges, lawgiver. In Ruth, the kinsman redeemer. Oh, come let us adore him. First and second Samuel, our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he's sovereign. In Ezra, a true and faithful scribe. Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and lives. In Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, the timeless redeemer. In Psalms, he is the morning song. In Proverbs, wisdom's cry. In Ecclesiastes, the time and season. In the Song of Solomon, he is the lover's dream. Oh, come let us adore him. In Isaiah, he's Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. In 
and Lamentations, the cry for Israel. In Ezekiel, he's the call from sin. In Daniel, the stranger in the fire. In Hosea, he is forever faithful. In Joel, he is the Spirit's power. In Amos, the arms that carry us. In Obadiah, he's the Lord our Savior. In Jonah, he's the great missionary. In Micah, the promise of peace. In Nahum, he is our strength and our shield. In Habakkuk, in Zephaniah, he's pleading for revival. In Haggai, he restores a lost heritage. In Zechariah, our fountain. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. Oh, come, let us adore him. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is God, man, Messiah. In the book of Acts, he is fire from heaven. In Romans, he's the grace of God. In Corinthians, the power of love. In Galatians, he is freedom from the curse of sin. Ephesians, our glorious treasure. Philippians, the servant's heart. In Colossians, he's the Godhead Trinity. Thessalonians, our coming king. In Timothy, Titus, Philemon, he's our mediator and our faithful pastor. Oh, come let us adore him. In Hebrews, the everlasting covenant. In James, the one who heals the sick. In 1st and 2nd Peter, he's our shepherd. In John and Jude, he's the lover coming for his bride. And in Revelation, he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Oh, come let us adore him. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the Prince of Peace, the Son of Man, the Lamb of God, the Great I Am. He's the Alpha and Omega, our God, our Savior. He is Jesus Christ, the Lord. Oh, come let us adore him. opened, the cookies will be eaten, the visiting family will leave town, and you will be tired. <laughs> and all of the things that you've planned and prepared and all of the things that you have decided for Christmas will be passed. And the glitz and the glamour and the magic of Christmas will be over. The stores will get ready for Valentine's Day and whatever else they want to convince us to buy. But at the end of that day, it will be simple because this powerful, 
manger will be the same. This manger that reminds us that God meets us in unexpected places. And his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways aren't always our ways, but we do know that Jesus has come and he has come in his fullness. He has come in all of those ways we just shouted and praised God for and more. And he has come to meet our most desperate need and he has come to our most desperate places and he will exceed all of our expectations. And so I leave you tonight with Romans 15, 13 that says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Merry Christmas from our family to yours. Have a great weekend.